Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And I'm the girl on the bus that goes up and down. My name's Diane. Nice. So, what are we going to be talking about today? I thought we would talk about the TTC and public transportation. Yeah, is it going to be just reserved to TTC or is it just general public transportation like across Toronto and maybe some of the other places we've been as well? I think it should be general transportation because we certainly have our share of Greyhound stories. Oh yeah, Greyhound, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, if you listen to our last podcast, we were just talking about Montreal and London and we've certainly been around a lot of areas in Canada and we've experienced a lot of different kinds of public transportation. So this would be actually a very interesting topic to sort of give a overall, certainly Canadian perspective on what public transportation is all about. Yes. But before we do that, as usual, let's talk about some news of this week. What's what's new with us? So I believe that some point on an earlier podcast, I talked about how we had submitted a paper of mine to a journal. Yes. And the first journal we submitted it to, it was flat out rejected, sent back. Please don't send it ever again. Um, it sound, sounds harsh. They try and write a nice... Sounds really harsh. They try and write a nice letter to you about it. Um, Do you remember what the letter said? Um, <laughs> something along the lines of, uh, we have reviewed your paper and... Uh, do not feel at this time <laughs> that <laughs> we want to publish it in our journal. There, you, But you were telling me before that when uh, they reject your mm-hmm. letter, uh, your, sorry, your submissions, mm-hmm. you don't get to do it again, right? Well, it depends. Sometimes okay. the journal will come back and say, um, we have some revisions listed below and we would like you to address those and resubmit. Sometimes they just say, nope, we don't want to see you. And we're done. And we're done. Okay, so So you're in a scenario where you can resubmit? Yes. Okay, well, that's not so bad then. It's always nice to be able to resubmit because they always include comments, whether you're rejected full out or you have the opportunity to rebuttal, we'll say. And it's just really frustrating when they rejected your paper for reasons that you have solid rebuttal or rationale for. Mm -hmm. Or it seemed like they didn't even read part of your paper. That's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get that with like clients or even coworkers where it's like you send an email and they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. I give up. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. did you look at it? It's like, yeah, I looked at it. And then it's like, I'm going to walk over there and we're going to read the email together. And if I see where it clearly outlines your question, I'm going to be very disappointed. And every time it's, it's right there. Yes, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyways, we had the chance to... We have the chance to resubmit our journal. So we're working on the revisions right now. And we're going to try and resubmit this article and see if I can't get it published. Which would be awesome. That was a weird noise. I don't know what that was. I think it might have been the fridge. Something just popped in the background. Maybe it was something in the freezer that (laughs) came to. (laughs) All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that went through, but it's it's always fun um, listening to some of our podcasts. You hear all these guys like racing down the road every once in a while. Mm-hmm. We seem to have always yeah. a couple a couple cars just like revving it. But yeah, we live in the city, and that's I guess a reality. Mm-hmm. What's new with you this week? Um, well, there's a couple things. Uh, one, I wanted to mention that we finally got the frame. <gasps> yes, um, we did, and that turned out really well. So that was really cool. Um, a shout out to 
anyone who's listening and who was a part of the funding process of making that my birthday gift because that was really cool. And uh, yeah, I'm no, I've never really thought of myself as a good painter. Um, and that's fair because I do a lot of other things. So I don't have to be good at everything. But uh, there's one painting I kept from when I did a painting class in university. And uh, it's okay. It's kind of like a Salvador Dali inspired bizarre piece. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Diane was like, hey, for your birthday, we're going to finally get it framed. And it's like, I've had it for, I don't know, I think at least 16 years or something. And uh, yeah, you know, it cost it cost a bit of money. We went over that in a previous podcast, but it was totally worth it. And it looks like they cleaned it or something because it seems so vibrant now. Yes, I was going to say, it looks like that thin layer of dust that had accumulated over 16 years is removed. So maybe they took a brush to it as well, which makes the framing all that much more worth it. Yeah, so it's gorgeous. Anyone looking for like a cool present for somebody who's an artist, like that's the kind of thing to do. It's it's sentimental. You spend a bit of money, but it's also it's really nice. It's a really nice thing, and it's kind of spruced up our apartment a little bit. Yeah, and it's a really nice touch to a piece of art that someone may have may have worked on and put some effort in. So, and maybe they can't always afford to get it framed mm-hmm. at their stage in life with what they're doing. So it's a nice gesture too. Yeah, it's a good thing to pull. Um, the other thing is I created a card game this week. Yes. Which is an interesting story on its own, I guess. Uh, I forget how it sort of started. I guess it started because I got a present from someone who's sort of related to your family, but not really. It's one of those ants that's not really an ant. Mm -hmm. And, uh... It had this really cool box, and it had a card game in it. But the card game itself was incredibly boring. But I liked the box. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what can I do with this box? And I was like, I started to come up with ideas for... Uh, at first, I was just going to put stickers on top of the cards and uh, repurpose them. But then I found out it would be actually easier to just create cards from scratch and print them and mm-hmm. cut them and whatever. So I, I so far I've created like a sort of an IMDb game. It's inspired by, I guess, Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're kind of working out the kinks. I don't know. I tried it out with my cousin Kevin, and he doesn't know anything about movies or TV, so that kind of fell flat. Uh, and then I tried it with you last night, and I don't know. Well, is it fun yet, or is it just a total waste of time? <laughs> It's fun. Um, maybe I'll explain the premise a bit. Is each card has an actor or actress on it, yeah. and you need to try and connect them. So we basically started out with kind of five cards laid out in the center, and we just tried to see how many people we each pulled five cards out of the deck, how many people we could match. And uh, if we couldn't match anyone, we picked up another card. Yeah, and so far the game is all about getting rid of all your cards or if you ha- if you can play all six cards at once and be like, this person is related to this person, related to this person, etc. You're an instant win, which did not happen. <laughs> so, I don't know, we're just kind of working out the bugs right now. I feel like it would be helpful... <laughs> Like, I know the actors, I just don't know what movies they're in. And when we go into IMDb mm-hmm. and look it up, and we're like, oh, they're with this person. Um, there were a couple of actors that were in something called Almost Famous, 
Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. It's an older movie. So when it's something like that, I'm a little lost. I'm like, what is this person in? Um, But there's also instances where you're like, I have Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's in lots of movies. (laughs) Why can't I make a match? Yeah. So I think it'll just come with practice that will get better at it and good. And it's kind of fun. And it's one of those things as a game maker, like how much do you aid the players and how much do you leave it wide open? Like, it's like I wanted, what I did is I put on like, they're known for one movie mm-hmm. and that already was a challenge on its own because that can be debatable too. So it's like, if you're getting into like someone like Bill Murray, it's like, what are they known for? And it's like, so many things. Some people might say ghostbusters, obviously, or someone might say, uh, no groundhog day. That was his best movie. Mm-hmm. Or some newer audiences might be like, it's all about lost in translation, which personally I did not like very much at all. So, or then there's even like life aquatic and those other weird movies he's been doing. So it's like, there's all these movies that define this actor. How do you decide what he's most known for? And what I did is I went on IMDb and it's like, if he won something, that's what they're known for. Yes, yes, I noticed that. Uh, but then that can totally trip you up because then you get someone like Meryl Streep who's in everything, but they're known for a movie from 1970 something. And it's like, no one's even seen that at least recently. Maybe your parents have, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't really help you make the connection with current actors on this list. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I believe we agreed that playing with um, our family friends, Sarah, mm-hmm. our guest that we had, yep. would be really interesting because she knows people. Yeah, we had tested with that, and then we also had to test it as a drinking game, and then it'll get fun. <laughs> so, moving on, that is that. Let's talk about our let's talk about our subject today. Let's talk about public transportation. Yes. So I believe I was trying to think up a topic and, you know, I travel on the TTC and public transit a lot because we don't own a car and I had... And we don't want to. Not not as long as possible. There may come <laughs> a time where it's like... I think if we had kids, well, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to hold off on that. And I think I, I had a really uh, interesting experience on the TTC last week that kind of restored my faith in it a little bit Mm. um basically there is there was construction at a major intersection and traffic was down to one lane okay and what it seemed like was that the bus had basically come from the uh westward direction had passed this crazy traffic jam on its way to the subway station Mm -hmm. dropped off its people picked me up and everyone and else to go back along the same route, but now going east, realized that he was not going to get through this traffic jam because everyone was at a standstill yeah. and kind of made a detour. Really? And I'm not sure if that was um, him calling the shots or if he called that into a manager and said, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. Uh, but he basically was like, we're going on a detour. He announced it. He was really clear. Um, made sure people were getting off the bus where they needed to, where it was convenient, so they didn't mess up their routes too much. And probably saved me like half an hour, even maybe an hour of sitting in stopped dead traffic. Yeah, that's good because uh, usually the story is with TTC, especially Greyhound. I remember more so with Greyhound going to like that Bay Street uh, terminal. Mm -hmm. And you can see all the people who are like traffic control 
they're like in that internal like there's a circular platform with windows you can see them working oh up. yeah up at the top mm-hmm. while you're in there and there's just hundreds of people making these giant lines that uh run through the uh inside of the building where the buses also have to go through and, and the buses basically are trying to avoid running over people it's like it's such a terrible mess and everything's always delayed and it's like <laughs> why do they have traffic control people like it doesn't seem like they're doing anything so it's nice to maybe hear a different perspective or perhaps mm-hmm. this has been a positive version of it yes have you ever had a positive experience in the ttc or public uh, transit like I've, an outstanding positive um it's certainly uh now that I've come back from like Montreal and seen some other ones, it has been relatively very consistent with the Google Map app, which Ooh, okay. uh, in general has been actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I will give props on that. I guess they recently put in uh, some kind of GPS into their buses because generally when it says the bus is going to arrive at this time, it, it seems to arrive close to that time even regardless of traffic or whatever nice okay um it wasn't like when we were in montreal and the bus was supposed to come within nine minutes and we waited 20 minutes and i checked again and it said it's going to come in nine minutes and it's like what is going on what does that what does that mean does it always say nine minutes Mm -hmm. or will it actually come in 29 minutes yes um no that's definitely been a positive like the ttc is starting to feel like it's getting its stuff together i feel like it's a a recent thing too because i remember being in uh guelph i think it was guelph and you were able to text the bus stop and it would tell you when the next bus was coming it would give you a time so cool and that seems so advanced (laughs) which is funny because guelph is a much smaller town than uh toronto with the ttc so i think the ttc has had to really upgrade and modernize yeah and maybe that's just a really large undertaking when it's such a big system yeah and it's hit or miss because sometimes like even their signs on the street will have like their estimated times for the bus to arrive and i've had that like been incredibly on time which is crazy because it's a printed piece it's like a poster on this mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. uh on this post that says it'll arrive at nine forty one, and then the bus comes at nine forty two. that's pretty impressive because that's mm-hmm. been printed who knows when in 2013 <laughs> probably and it's like they're still kind of getting honest uh on track but then at the same time at that same stop it'll be under fs which means frequent service mm-hmm. and you can be waiting 20 minutes you don't yes. know when it's supposed to arrive but it's frequently supposed to be happening but these are rush hours so then there's traffic construction what have it it can be bad yes I think the TTC is catching up in terms of how to have people pay for fares as well. Yeah, I heard about this. This is a new thing, right? Uh, Yes. So we had, it was funny, it's just, we had a Presto representative who runs the automated cards to use uh, the Go bus and Go train service. Yeah. And she just came onto the bus and just started speaking to us oh really (laughs) yeah that's how you heard about it yeah it was super like low-key promotion (laughs) like hello my name is margaret and i'm from presto pretty much (laughs) really yes wow i thought you heard it on the news i didn't know it was someone giving you i had a margaret come on the bus um crazy so they say that uh the presto card will be replacing the metro pass by the end of this year 
Yeah. And even those who want to pay like a one-way fare, like how we would use a token, mm-hmm. are going to have to have a Presto card now. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're going to do about cash fares. Maybe that won't exist either. Uh, you mean like, what do you mean by cash fare? Like people who just want to put in like $3 or three twenty-five to ride the bus. Oh, I imagine that would still be a thing. I don't know. I don't know, though. I'm not sure. Like in Montreal, that wasn't a thing, right? You didn't have an option for that, did you? I don't know. I've never paid for transit yeah. with cash. <laughs> we, didn't, we weren't looking, right? Like we just yeah, had the card. I just had my pass. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm not sure. Anyways, there'll be that, a revolution. That would, that would be a good move, though. I mean, that would simplify things because like they're always like the, the teller or the bus person can't make change. And it's like, what, mm-hmm. do, you, what do you do? You mm-hmm. have a $5 bill. You just, oh, well. You stick yep. it in the thing and go, all right, we're going. Give me a transfer. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh, as long as they make it very accessible to get cards, like if it's one of those things that eventually is available outside of stations. Yes, even, I think so. Uh, then you wouldn't need a cash fare. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually we won't need cash anymore. It'll all be a credit system. It'll be great. Yes, tap and go. Maybe. Um. Yeah. Future is here. We'll see. We'll see how this works because um, they're so they're incorporating all the things that a metro pass would give you, like um, a tax credit and the fact that it's like transferable and you can just ride unlimited for a whole month. And I can buy a student discounted one as long as I give them my student identification. My favorite so, part is actually the uh, not having to deal with the first or second of the month when there's these incredible lines because everyone needs to yes. get a new card. And, you know, usually we plan for it. And it's like one of the things you schedule is like, oh, we're almost at the end of the month. We need to get a new pass and we've got to like- find a machine. <laughs> but some machines don't have a student pass. We have to go to a special location to get a student pass and an adult pass. And it's like... It's quite, it's, it's, you know, first world problems. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's like uh, removing that would, would be wonderful. Just being able to just go boom on a, uh, online and say, boom, it's re- restored. We're ready for the first of the next month would be great. Yes, I have heard, I kind of post this on Facebook and I have heard that sometimes if you uh, try to reload your Presto card with a credit card, there can be a hold for up to a week. Oh. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that we can somehow get some system where it's just an automatic payment that we can just be like, set it and it just happens. Cause that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually another story that happened this week is just randomly. My credit card was, uh, possibly fraudulent and been, uh, I don't know. It's been t- tagged as possibly stolen or whatever. And it wasn't. <laughs> And yeah, so they called me and it's like, will it be a big deal to replace it? And I'm like, no, that's fine, whatever. And then sure enough, <laughs> within two days, it's like, oh, our Netflix doesn't work. Oh, I can't order things online. Wasn't like it every- that night that Uber didn't work because your credit card was oh, yeah, connected to Uber? That night I wanted to use Uber and it was connected to my credit card. And then uh, the next day you want to watch Orange is the New Black and it's like Netflix no longer runs. It's like, what is the timing on this? This is unreal. Like, <laughs> oh, it is crazy. So, yeah, hopefully, I don't know, maybe it'll work with Presto, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's always, there's always challenges, no matter how simple you try to make it. Now, do you have one really terrible public transportation story that you want to share? So I have a good and a bad, actually. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I kind of touched on it, but my worst public transportation 
experience, as you probably guessed, it, it was with Greyhound. Oh, yeah, mine too. <laughs> and uh, it continues to be a Greyhound. Um, there was a time in our relationship when you lived, well, in Waterloo and then in Guelph. Mm-hmm. And so taking the Greyhound out there was, was, was a common thing to do on weekends to come visit you for the weekend. And mm-hmm. I remember it was always, always an ordeal. It's like there <laughs> never was a good trip, I don't think. I can't remember any good trips. Maybe the bad trips always outweighed them, but... Mm-hmm. It was that thing where the buses always came in, but they never came into the same platform. You'd always have to check the monitor for where it's going to go. And uh, it would just seem to be randomly assigned. And every time it got assigned a platform, there'd be another platform that was overbooked. And there would be a line of people waiting for that bus. And then the bus comes into the station and it's like I said before, it would come in and it's like there's 20 people blocking the road. And so the bus just honks at them and then they try to move and then they just, they have nowhere to go. So it's like, it's just this horrible, horrible antiquated bus station at yes. Bay Street. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't even know if it's a Greyhound problem. Like their billing and all that seemed to work pretty good. No, it's definitely the It's just the station, the station. itself in Toronto. It's just so garbage. I think it was built a long time ago for not that amount of people. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was designed for 12. Yes. But even then, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to ever have that to get to your bus you have to cross traffic. Mhm. Like it's not a, it's not a road traffic, but it's the bus. It's the bus, the bus laneway. Route. Yep. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. I don't know, really bad. Never seemed to work out. Um, probably my worst experience with Greyhound was when I was trying to get a, uh, refund on, uh, I think it was, uh, a pass or a couple of, couple of tickets and you can't just go to the counter at the Greyhound station. You actually have to, uh, mail in the pass that you would like refunded to Greyhound's office in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then they eventually write you back. And I didn't even know what to put in there. Like they didn't really have instructions. I'm like, do I tell them that I previously purchased this on my visa so that they know where it came from? Are they going to mail me back a check? <laughs> like yeah. how how does this mail system work? Like if it gets lost in the mail, that's my only proof that I actually purchased this and that I would like a refund. Like what what other company <laughs> makes you mail in? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to get a refund these days. Well, I do remember that. And it, it really was one of those scenarios where it felt like they were trying to make it as many hoops as possible, almost to just dissuade people from complaining, just to make it like, eh, I'll just deal with it. It's too much effort to even tell them how terrible I think they are. Yeah. Like and once, yeah, once you get into that. I mean, there's, there's a client I was working for recently, too, that um, I was telling about Castle, which is the CASL. It's the Canadian Anti-Spam Legislature, mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to have unsubscribes on uh, all emails that go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what they designed is they were like, "Well, we're going to make a postal unsubscribe." And I was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> like, if you don't want to get this anymore, you're going to send a letter to again to Texas or something and be uh-huh. like, hey, I don't, I don't want these emails anymore.'" Dear sir and madame, it just seems really backwards to me. 
That is. But yeah, that's very similar to the Greyhound thing. It's like, I, I almost think they were surprised when they received something from you. Probably it's like, what? Someone actually did this? From Canada? Yeah. <laughs> that state in the north? Mm-hmm. How are you going to handle this? What? They, they have mail there with all the polar bears? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was in addition to uh, the multiple times that Greyhound was was late. There was actually one particular driver or route or whatever. I don't know whose fault it was. Who was always late every single time? We're like, oh, it's Cowboy Boots. He's late. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's funny. And I remember yeah. you telling me that story. It's like, oh, that's just that guy. He's always late. And I'm like, how was that okay? <laughs> how was that like, oh, you just recognize him and you just know? Yep. But it's like, that's... <laughs> That's not cool in, like, any kind of transportation thing. Anything that's got a schedule. Like, could you imagine if, like, even, I don't know, sports or news, it was like, oh, it's just CBC News. It just shows up at 9.42 every night. Mm -hmm. They just run 12 minutes of, I don't know, commercials or old Dora Explorer episode just to fill the time. And then Peter Mansbridge comes on. Peter Moosebridge. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. There was also the one day where I was so late that I texted you and like, look, I'm sorry, the bus is not coming. And he literally texted back like, can you get a cab? Can we like yeah. somehow get you home faster? Like you've been waiting for over an hour and there's yeah. no bus. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> this is before Uber too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, you know, there you go. There's a positive experience. Uh, that falls into the reign of public tra- transportation probably. Uber pool? Uber yeah. pool would. Yeah, not just Uber on its own. Uber on its own is like a taxi. It's still a form of transportation where you're not driving. That's why I don't, I don't know how that's defined. Is that defined as a... Oh, I define public transportation as something that the city built infrastructure for and you get to pay to use. Well, then no, because it's private. (laughs) And it's really... It's more like a carpool. It's really pushing, uh, it's pushing service and technology. And it's great. It is. I think it's making everybody else step up their game. Not really. Well, <laughs> Certainly not uh, not taxi services. Uh, there was a time, uh, much like recently, and, and the Uber app was not working, and I had to take a, take a cab instead. And it took uh, twice as long. It cost over twice as much and the entire time the guy's like where am i going i don't know where i am and it's like you just need to go straight down young street like it's not a complicated traveling tour like it's like just go down the street and then he would like take these all these alternate routes and get lost and it's like it's cool i know the city and it's like no no you don't you don't know what you're doing and eventually i just got out it's like i don't want to do this anymore i'll walk home uh, similarly, we had a trip on Queen Street where we got out of the subway. And I, I can't remember why, but we wanted to take a cab. We thought uh, we were late. Oh, okay. It was just mm-hmm. to make up for time? Yes. Yeah, we wanted to catch Bob Log the third, Great act in Toronto. Apparently coming back, too. Yeah, we got to get ready for that. And uh, yeah, we just need to go basically straight west on Queen Street. And the cab is like, hey, where are you going? We're like, we're going to the Horseshoe Tavern. And he's like, um, so, so where is that? And... <laughs> Kevin's like, would it help if I said the legendary Horseshoe Tavern? I was like, that's that's good, that's clever. Still no, no, it did not. Still no. Um, but yeah, I was. Let's just go straight. <laughs> so bringing it back to our public transportation. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite system 
of the systems we've experienced. So I have a good story. Okay. Um, this is from way, way back in the day. Okay. Um, if you want me to share that. Um, when I was uh, younger and I guess sort of living at home still, I used Grow Transit a lot. Um, that used to be my mm-hmm. go-to. <laughs> Uh, even when I moved out, I, I moved out to Oakville, and I used Go a lot because they have a, a line that goes from uh, Oakville to Toronto and Toronto to uh, GTA. So uh, that was always a very clean, efficient, timely system that always worked. And I remember even taking a couple buses with some guys, and I had a really personable guy, and I remember his name was like John. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> You were best friends. <laughs> we were for the trip because he was just such a conversation person. It was like being at a bar and having a really good bartender because he was like, what's going on in your life? And at the time, I was really kind of somber. And I was like, I'm going through a hard time. I got two girlfriends. <laughs> nice. <laughs> They're both terrible. So I got a second one to try to balance out how terrible the other one is. And I don't know, he got into this whole like philosophy about what life is and you know, he's just teaching me that life is about laughter. As long as there's l- laughter in your life, like things are things will be good. And I, I don't know, it was like a, it was a really wonderful moment. I like had like this guru sage advice and I was young, I was like maybe twenty, twenty one or something, and uh that was part of the stepping stones of when I decided to really change my life around and stop being so negative and go for a happier tone in life. So that was nice. all from a bus driver named John <laughs> on the, on a go bus. So that was one of the best things ever. Nice. Shout out John. Yeah. I don't, I don't know his last name, but yeah. of course not. Wherever he is in the world. John the bus driver. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Favorite system. Go bus. Uh, well I will. I, we always complain about the TTC, but I, I do want to give it some cred because uh, now that I've been to like when you went to Waterloo, uh, mm-hmm. that was four years ago now like that was a while ago now five i graduated five years ago yeah geez time flies (laughs) it seemed like the ttc was really far behind back then it was like what is wrong with toronto like why is a small town like waterloo with like no one taking the bus this thing's on (laughs) schedule it's always here it's their transit passes make sense their their buses are clean and they have all these like signs up don't put your feet on the seat we want (laughs) to keep the place clean and it's like they got this like system down, and that was five years ago, and I was like, wow, what's wrong with Toronto? But since those five years, I feel like they've kind of stepped up their game. We got some new trains. The stations still look like crap, but it seems like it's, with the GPS and the schedule, it's been pretty good. I've been late to work, I guess, a few times, but like in general, for the size of our population, and after going to Montreal and going to Vancouver, seeing some comparables uh, as far as uh, Canadian cities it's it's pretty good and it covers a lot it covers a lot of the city with all those bus routes and things like I've never had to own a car since I moved out and I've always gotten to my jobs I've always gotten to my house and I've lived in some weird places in the middle <laughs> of nowhere and I've still found a route to get to work and from work so uh, it's impressive but yeah I guess overall Go has been um, the cleaner more impressive solution but i haven't used it in a long time so i don't know that's true greyhound is definitely the worst though <laughs> yeah <laughs> no doubt i think we can all agree on that unfortunately they have a bit of a monopoly so they seem to just be able to continue to run everything it's a u.s company right yes yeah yes 
So maybe they're really good in the States and they just have kind of a, eh, it's just a Canadian division. They'll deal with it and whatever. Maybe. I'm not yeah. sure. How about you? Um, Did you do your good story? Yeah. I said my good story at the beginning with the detour. Mm. Yep. That was a good call. Um, I would say, I don't know if I have like a favorite. They all seem to have their pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I do have, you know, coming from Toronto, I feel like I'm just like pro Toronto. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like we've at least gotten some perspective, though. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we travel and try out other, especially Canadian cities. Yeah, and see what other people are doing that work well. I'm really curious to see how this presto uh, change is going to help matters and see if that makes it uh, easier or more straightforward to, to ride the bus. It'll be huge for the bottom line. They're always talking about how it's too expensive to run the thing. So the best way to do that is to cut your costs. And the cost from making these mini toonies for tokens, mm-hmm. over a hundred millions of them, like it's that alone, like that's how you that's how you save some money. Well and even just the um Margaret, our favorite presto lady yeah. on the bus, yeah. she was touting it as uh, the TTC loses a lot of money per year in fake Metro passes. Oh, wow. So this Presto card will make that much harder to do. Even though they got that clipped card? Like, how do you how do you <laughs> replicate that? It's amazing. It's got like a cut on the side. Whoa. I don't know, man, but apparently that's a big problem. <laughs> so yeah? maybe this will help the TTC budget a little bit so we can continue to create new and uh, better services because there's a still a lot of building that i think needs to be done to fully address our our transit needs yeah and we're in the middle of that right now yes like uh, eglinton's a mess and york u is a mess and yeah basically everything in between counting to all the lines is under construction it still has bats montreal though (laughs) (laughs) anyways i'm looking forward to see how it evolves I like my transit system. I like being able, I feel like once you've experienced a Toronto transit system, you can, you can adapt to other transit systems. It's not too overwhelming. That's true. Um, So that has definitely been helpful for traveling for sure. We have not done a New York or a Paris or a London. I've done Paris. Okay. Um, And yeah, that, that was very confusing and, and it is always harder with a different language. So Mm -hmm. that creates an extra barrier for sure. And I remember even like you were kind of making fun when uh, Toronto decided to rename their lines one, two, and three. And it's like, they only have three lines. Like, what's the point? And it's like, yeah, but that kind of makes sense now because it is such a huge multicultural place that not everyone can say, we're going to Eglinton West. We're going to St. Clair East. Like, what? where am I going? And it's just like, I don't know, just get on line one. South. Hopefully you can learn that much and it'll take you there. I got to say that I know all the Montreal lines based on color. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, for simplicity, number, yeah, yeah. color. Yeah, and that was kind of helpful. Yeah, that was kind of interesting too. It was like the point, point to something in the Rue Guy and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like eventually you start to learn and know where you're going. But yeah, at first it's, it's, yeah, it's very daunting when you don't know the language. Anyway. Yeah, but it's a good system. Like uh, in Paris, it's uh, a lot of the lines like go in circles and it's kind of crazy. You're doing like spirals. Oh, So. all right. Yeah, and there's multiple, multiple lines and 
Yeah, it's in another language. I I don't know how we ever got anywhere. I don't know how that happened because it was just me and my brothers when we were kids. Our parents were staying at uh, uh, a hotel near the Eiffel Tower. I was nineteen or eighteen years old, and uh, I had my older brother and younger brother, and we were sent to a hostel. And we were just like, just get on the public transportation, find your way there. See you, kids. Bye. It's our anniversary, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did it somehow. I'm yeah. sure between the three of you, you figured it out. Obviously, well, yeah, here. we we stayed somewhere, <laughs> so something worked. Yeah, we actually went to three different hostels. On three <laughs> different someone nights. eventually just took us in out of sympathy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's a different time too. Like this is before cell phones and stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. such a crazy thought mm-hmm. to think you would leave your kids and just go like, yeah, just go on the subway, go find the place, whatever. See you tomorrow around eight o'clock. Bye. <laughs> yeah that's the ever-evolving world yeah anyways those are my points for today cool well we did yeah. pretty good so that has been the newest episode i think we're at 20 now was this number 20 i think it is oh we should have had like fireworks <laughs> <laughs> what makes 20 special i don't know i, I, don't I know. think Two 50s zero. 50s 100s those are those are special maybe 25 would be a special one um, or we could do something on the anniversary of our first episode, which would be like <laughs> 50, be 52 if we didn't miss. Oh, we missed a week, though. We did. So, yeah, like 50. We should do something special for 50. That would be fun. Um, yeah, so this has been Ordinary Day Podcast. If you have uh, suggestions for future topics or just generally want to send us a note, you can email us at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, ordinaryday.ca. And uh, listen to all our previous episodes. Absolutely. And there's a lot of them now. Um, And a quick shout out to Phil Processor for the intro and outro music, which you will soon hear. And without any delay, this is all for the show. So until next time. Take one more for the road. Mm